Welcome to the podcast arm of the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Peculiar People's Parish, based in Regina, Canada. Our mandate is pursuing His purpose, pronouncing His power, and proclaiming His praise. You can subscribe to our podcast channel today, so you never miss an episode of our podcasts. Be blessed by this teaching. I initially wanted to show a video of uh, was unfortunate one man of God that woke up, but just because some of us may know him personally or something, I don't want to evoke that emotional trauma in whoever might know him. He woke up on a Sunday morning and he wasn't feeling good. He felt so fatigued, tired, short of breath, chest pain. And he said, no, I'm going to church. He started driving. He had to stop on the way to church because of chest pain and, uh, and dizziness, all those things. He made it to church. He forced his way. And uh, he, was even, he even gave that testimony that the devil was trying to stop him from coming to church today. But I'm going to be the one to minister, which is fine. He was ministering. He was preaching. He felt so tired, chest pain and fatigue, and he asked for a chair that he must finish this sermon, that he is going to sit down preaching. It was sad. He passed on while sitting on that chair, right on the stage. How many of you have seen that clip? It was so sad. If our body is not maintained, our spirit man will leave. Our spirit man will escape. So please take care of your physical body. Hallelujah. Quickly, let's fly through these slides. I have lots. Um, so we'll be talking about preventive medicine. By preventive medicine, uh, that is the aspect of medicine that seeks to prevent, to limit, and to rehabilitate. So there are levels of that. I mean, avoiding, reducing transfer. We don't use transfer anymore. But essentially, we do three levels of preventions now. The first one is primary prevention. What you can do so that you don't have diseases at all. What you need to do? Living healthy, exercising, weight control, weight loss, and also um, good lifestyle, diet. Those are the I mean, primary level of prevention. We don't want you to have diseases at all. That is primary prevention. The second one is the secondary. Uh, people that have it, maybe your blood pressure has been spiking up, your blood sugar has been rising, you are having joint pain, arthritis already difficult after walking or doing few things, then your joints start to ache. We want to limit it. We don't want it to progress. The next one is the pre, uh, tertiary prevention, that it doesn't cause fatality. It doesn't cause death. So having said that, I'll be talking about few um, diseases and illnesses that I had unpicked that are relevant to our community, uh, and that's why I want to focus on some of those. That previous slide is just to let you know that preventive medicine, prevention of illness is not something that is meant for old age, but something you start from childhood all the way. And the funny thing is, life expectancy on this side of the world is very high. I have my patients that come in at 96. They drive to my clinic to come and see me, 96. In fact, there was a lady I was talking to on the phone, I think, two, three weeks ago, and I told her, oh, I'm, I'm actually looking to talk to your mom. Can I talk to your mom? I said, uh, I mentioned the name of the 
uh, of the patient. I said, yeah, this is me. Why? Because she was talking to me like she's 75 years old, but she's just 93. And I was so surprised. I thought I was talking to the daughter. And when she came to follow up, see me, I asked her, what is the secret of your health? And she said, you know what? I walk every day of my life at least one hour every day, and I eat very good food. And that is something I find consistent in all my octogenarian patients, in all uh, my patients that have been even 90 years and above, healthy food. They, if some of them have diabetes, they have other things, but they are able to keep it at that level. Let's keep moving because of time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't sleep on me, church. If you're sleeping, I will ask you a question. <laughs> good. First, some of the diseases I have unpicked for us to just be aware of, diabetes, hypertension, heart attack. You see, diabetes, many of us live as if it's something, say Greek, is far away from you. No, 1.7 million people develop diabetes, newly diagnosed every year worldwide. 1.7 million. And one person per minute dies every minute worldwide. As I am talking now, maybe I've spent 10 minutes, 10 people dead. Boom. Before we finish this church, you can imagine how many people would have died from diabetes and its complication worldwide. So it's not something that is remote. It's something that happens, right? The same thing, hypertension, 7.6 million deaths worldwide. That's a lot. 7.6, that means one person per five seconds. One, two, three, four, five from hypertension and its complications. Heart attack is another one. Stroke. I mean, these are real and it happens, but sometimes we live as if we are immune. We have spiritual immunity, but we need to be responsible the way we prevent these diseases or limit the complications from them. Uh, lung disease like asthma. You see, all these illnesses, they are not death sentences. They can be minded. You can live with them and live your full life if you've developed them. And that is why I talked about secondary prevention, limiting it from causing problems in your health, in your life. If your parents have it, people have it. I have people that have high blood pressure, diabetes for years, and they are living into their 80s, 90s. Why? Because they take charge. They started living intentionally. Uh, intentionally and following their doctor's leadings. So, quickly, I put cancer there. Cancer is a big thing. Cancer like lung cancer, breast cancer for women, uh, prostate cancer, colon cancer. There's breast cancer in men too. Lumps, unilateral lumps, painless. If you ever notice a lump, I mean, as a man, in your breast, there's high likelihood of it being a cancer. So please see your doctor. Don't say, oh, this thing, I'm a man, I'm immune to breast cancer. No, please see your doctor. The other one is, um, I, I mentioned about skin cancer for blacks. Many people say, oh, black skin don't crack. It is true saying, however, there is a skin cancer that is predominant in, in blacks. That is melanoma. Please, if you follow your friends to the beach, to the lake, to you know, enjoy the sun, please use your sunscreen protection. Please, with SPF, use your sunscreen. 
and other thing is infections. The way we store our food. Please, when you leave food on the, on the counter overnight or eat it the following, be careful. Store your food properly. Put it in the fridge or refrigerator, please. And the fact that foods are in the fridge or freezers doesn't mean they can go bad. It only slows it down. In fact, there are um, number of days you can keep food for in the refrigerator. Food poisoning is real. There is one that happened in Ontario recently. I think Dr. Nebeli, I mean, talked about it during our leadership meeting last week or so. No, just this week. And I read it on the news also. About 10 people died, right? Hospitalized. Okay, they didn't die. Okay, lucky. People die from food poisoning because food poisoning, vomiting, diarrhea, kidney shuts down, dehydration, coma, like that. So please, and do food properly. If you forgot any food outside, just dump it. So, oh, we can still eat it. You can reworm it. It's not every bacteria that rewarming can kill, please. And it's not every um, organism that putting back in the fridge or freezer can kill. They just go, I mean, hibernate and come up later. Hallelujah. Finally, I mentioned accidents. It's very important, those of us with children, please, Put your medications away, lock them up. Anything that can cause poisoning, put them away. Our children experiment. Our children, they want to taste, they see things around. Please don't let them overdose or poison themselves. Moving vehicle accident, drive safely, use your seat belt, please. Especially winter is coming, please. Uh, falls and drowning. I put it there 10 people per day. Uh, then people die per day in North America alone because of drowning. Drowning is like a suffocation under the water. If you can learn swimming lesson, please do. It, but essentially, I recommend teach your children, put them in swimming lessons. I know it's challenging to get it done. Please do it. It's a, a very important life skill that we all should get. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you sleeping on me, church? <laughs> Hallelujah. So, vaccine-preventable diseases, um, I know our pediatrician, we do justice to that on Wednesday, and also Dr. Uh, Enebeli, we touch on that briefly. Next slide, please. Let me run now. Now, I'll be talking about men and women, specific diseases that I want to touch on. I put that there that men are stubborn and negligent about their health. That is true. I mentioned during the first time that most men that go to see their doctors, especially middle-aged men, is because their wife asks them or forces them to go. Most of them will come. Why are you here? The wife asks me to come. <laughs> um, what can I do for you to do? Um, the wife said, I'm snoring too loud. <laughs> um, I mean, most of us, we think we are strong, we have... We are healthy. Yes, you are. You don't need to prove it to your wife. Go and see your doctor. Can you tell, turn around and tell your husband if they are beside you, go and see your doctor? Yeah, I don't know how many of us have seen. If you've not done your periodic check this year, you've not done it this year, can you wave to me? Yeah, be truthful. You've not done, your, you've not done any lab to check your cholesterol, cholesterol, your blood sugar this year. I know pastor has done it. So pastor has laid a good example. Pastor Mrs. have done. So if you've not done yours, be truthful. Oh my God. Everybody, not just men, everybody. Okay, let's put that around because of time. 
please, it is free. You don't have to pay. You know where we came from? You have to think twice before going to see the doctor. Yeah. But this it is free. Your health card, your taxes paid for it. Go and see your doctor. Take out the time. Let them check you. Let them see you. We can prevent lots of things. Simple blood pressure check. One day, someone came just to get, I can't remember, something not related. We checked the blood pressure. She, she, not he, she ended up in emergency room right Immediately, I told her, you know what? You need to go to emergency room now. Because with this blood pressure, you are going to drop down dead. And that is the truth. Many people, I mean, they just sleep or something happens. They say, oh, it's the work of the witches. It's the attack from home. It's, it's negligence. Most of these things, please do your part. Take responsibility for your health. Quickly, let's move. See, um, heart attack is common in men uh, due to some of these things. Sedentary lifestyle, especially Caucasian and um, commonly, I know most of us, we are active. Uh, however, the other spectrum of that is excessive stress and lack of proper sleep. When you work three jobs together, it's like cutting uh, down your life expectancy by overstretching, stressing your heart. So please take time for vacation. Take time, take a break. You cannot pay all the bills. Do your best and let God pay the rest of the bill. I'm telling you. <laughs> Take a break. Yes, take a break. It doesn't have to be expensive. Please take a break. Hallelujah. Lack of exercise. I, I, in the first service, I mentioned exercise is different from work stress. Smoking and consumption of alcohol. I believe we don't do that. If you still do that in the secret, you are killing yourself. Alcohol, smoking. Poor nutrition choices. I should have showed that mole a mountain of pandedium or something that most of us deal with please cut back on your swallow men especially let's cut back on our swallows and uh, make it healthier poor nutrition choices the other thing i mean those are the risk factors for heart attack and all these risk factors that we do also causes hypertension diabetes stroke they are the same thing that apart from the family history that put us at, uh, 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 at risk, our age, and uh, uh, other things that we talk about. Hypertension. Most people that have hypertension, they don't get to diagnosis until it has actually progressed. Why? Because for years, many of us have not checked our blood pressure. Do you know your baseline blood pressure? Can you wave to me if you know your baseline blood pressure here? One third of the population. The rest, what are we doing? You should your, um, you can buy blood pressure machine. From Costco is cheap, like $50. It prevents stroke at the time. $50 of blood pressure machine. If you won't go to your doctor, please take attention, pay attention to that. Diabetes, I put it there. Family history is additional. Can we go back and we rush over that? Diabetes, stroke, sleep apnea is very common. All those are common in men. Sleep apnea is when you snore so loud when you sleep and there is an apneic spell that is a stoppage of breath and then you continue like that there was one uh there was one one reel, movie reel i saw that guy was telling that the sleep apnea people 
when you think it is over for the night, you know they are breathing so loud and the person beside them is suffering and then they stop. You will think it's over. You won't know that they have actually gone to remix and then they will come back with a full force. So please, if it's not so loud, talk to your doctor. It can be treated, it can be screened. Uh, cancer. Now let's move quickly to cancer. Cancers in men, uh, essentially prostate cancer from 50 years and above, Please pay attention. It's common in African-American men. Prostate cancer. I remember losing my, my neighbor to that, a, a grandpa around 75, very successful. By the time we got to know, his son is a doctor, but nobody checked, right? By the time we got to know, it has spread all over the pelvis area. So please screen for prostate cancer, especially when you don't know what killed your parents, your grandparents, your uncles. It could be one of those, right? It could be. Uh, it's common, very common, and 60% of African men, uh, African-American men, we develop prostate cancer. That is six out of every 10. If you count 10 men here, that means six. That's a lot. That's why you need to pay attention to that, please. Uh, colon cancer is the other thing. The government send you testing for it from the age of 50, but part of the question is, do you need to wait for 50 years? No. If you are having symptoms, blood in your stool is an indication that you need to talk to your doctor. Most of us say, oh, I have pie, I have hemorrhoid. It can be pie, it, can, it may not be. Talk to your doctor. Uh, it can be a sign of colon cancer. You never know. And if the screen is done, we get to know it can be treated. But once colon cancer advances and is spread, it's unfortunate. We only give palliative treatment, that is, comfort. Just, oh, sorry, you are going gradually. Sorry, there's nothing we can do. That is the truth. Please, screen. Uh, lung cancer, smoking, family history, work exposure, uh, skin cancer, I mentioned that, and others. That's for men. Let's move quickly because of time. Uh, women. I want to focus more on cancers for men. I mentioned immigrant women are shy about their health. Talk to your doctor. Don't be shy. Be comfortable with your doctors. Privacy is there. If you can't talk to your please talk to any of our medical team in the church. The reason why we are there, we maintain your high, the high level of confidentiality. We are trained in that. You can talk to us, please. Um, breast cancer, please, if you ever have any family member with breast cancer, you may not even know what killed your family members, parents, grandparents. If there's anything you're concerned about breast cancer, you should be doing that annual breast self-check if you have that high risk. Genetic family history or past history of breast lump. But otherwise, it's been discouraged that everybody do not need to. But most African men, we don't even know what killed our relatives. The other thing is the cervical cancer. Please, can you tell, turn to your wife? Do your pap test. Do your pap test. Cervical cancer has killed, I mean, professional colleagues of mine before. Nurses. Christians. Simple screening. Cervical cancer just doesn't develop and start spreading in one year. It takes years. And that is why we do that screening, so that we can detect the precancerous cell. PAP test is free in Canada. They send you the paper every two to three years. You do it. If it is normal, from the age of 23 to 70, 69, I believe. If at all you've 
uh, you, you don't receive the letter, talk to your doctor that I want to do pap test. Please do your pap test. Cervical cancer kills. It has killed one of the wife of, I mean, the popular pastor on the social media. I won't mention the name. Please, cervical cancer is real. Do your pap test. Um, other thing I want women to start talking about to their doctor, um, lung cancer is not so common in us, but it, it, it's also common. We don't smoke, but smoking is not the only thing. Um, genetic family history is, is another thing. Uh, but please, Start talking to your doctor about perimenopausal symptoms and menopause uh, for those of us that are around that age. Don't be shy. Talk about it. Um, anxiety, depression, postpartum depression. Please, men, support your wife during pregnancy and even after delivery. They go through a lot of stress. Postpartum blues. It affects women a lot. It's not just because you are a Christian. You should know that support, that encouragement, that care, relief. When you come back from work, take the baby away from them. Let them just go and take care of their own mental health. Please, men, do that. Let them take a break from child care, from morning till, till I mean, night that you've gone to work. When you, you, you are back, let them take a break for them to have some time to themselves take care of the kids. Uh, mental health, please take care of your mental health. Abuse, emotional abuse, physical abuse, financial abuse, and financial control. One day we have time to talk. It's a big topic. I won't go into that now. Quickly. Next. Uh, other risk factors, I've mentioned most of this before. Some you can do something about. Some there's nothing you can do. Your age, you cannot put on your age. And the more every year, you're at increased risk of developing most of these things. Your race. African Americans are in increased risk of diabetes. You cannot do anything. You are an, a black man, a black woman. There's nothing you can do. Family history. Your family is your family. Nothing you can do. Inactivity, obesity. Now, this you can do something about inactivity, obesity, and uh, gestational diabetes. People that their blood sugar are high during pregnancy, it puts you at a risk of developing food diabetes. Polycystic ovarian syndrome, diet, high blood pressure. Those are risks for developing that. Other risks, they are like the one for diabetes. You see, they are related. Next, quickly. Uh, next slide. It's the same risk factor for diabetes, hypertension. You can see they are all related, right? So don't let us waste time on that. Next slide, too. Next slide. I put it here. That, that's okay. Uh, the health is your wealth. It's a wealth. Invest in your health. Invest. If you need to register for gym, do. If you need to start eating health, you see, the funny thing is that those garbage food, unhealthy food, is actually cheaper than healthy diet. That's the truth. Invest into it. Um, go back. Next slide, please. That is where you can get more information for um, healthy eating. You can go to Canada Food Guide. It's online. Your Google is recommended when you want to eat. Let there be fruit, grains, protein, vegetable. That is when you have your rice. Have some fruit, some broccoli, and whether beans or meat or something. Just make it balanced, right? God will help us in Jesus' name. Next slide, just what do you do for activities? I put this there. One of the things I do, I volunteer to coach my son's um, soccer group just to keep. I'm busy, but I take out time to do this. So please make that choice, make that decision, set the goal for yourself. I also, I mean, I bike occasionally when I have time. 
and especially during summer, I put down my car. I go on biking to work just to stay healthy. Do something. Whether you are swimming, you are walking, you are going to gym. Finally, I think I'm wrapping up now quickly. Technical. I'm behind time. Uh, I, I think there's a video there. I wish. Can we watch that video if it's possible? Yes, okay, let's watch it. Good. I think we just watched the first two minutes. I'm behind time now. time. Sorry. I just want you to see some of the things we put in our body. You go to McDonald's, you go to, you buy that small jar, you're taking 26. Do you ever make your, your tea or whatever you make and put those sachets and put 26 inside? Will you ever do that? You won't use more than one or two, but that is what you drink. That bigger, when you go to watch movie, you are taking 43 sachets. They call it, um, low calorie, but there are 46 sachets of low calorie sweetness inside. Please watch what you eat. Be intentional. Let me fly through the last two slides because I'm out of time here. Preventive strategies, I mentioned them already. Uh, I will we will send out these slides to everybody to go over again. These slides will be available. Next one, uh, that purple slides, I believe. Yes. So what do you do? I mentioned it, please see your doctor, do your routine lab check so they can screen you for diabetes. That is fasting, blood sugar, cholesterol, your blood pressure screening. Check it. 
ladies, please do your cervical cancer screening from 23 to 69. Mammogram for breast cancer and also feet test, colonoscopy, necessary vaccines, sunscreen, vitamin D supplement is good for your bone health. Please, we do not have enough sun in Canada, especially Saskatchewan, and our dark skin, skin, we don't absorb enough sun. So everybody, every black person in Canada should be taking vitamin D supplement every day. And finally, I said, your, uh, you service your car. Why not your body? Whatever you don't service breaks down. Remember, health is wealth, and prevention is better than cure. Thank you. for Southeast region of Saskatchewan, and is also an assistant professor, College of Medicine, University of Saskatchewan. Join me as a welcome, Dr. Stanley Enabelli. Can you hear me now? All right. Um, good morning, church. Um, good morning, everyone. It's a privilege to be in our midst today. Um, thank you so much, Pastor. Pastor Shaba, we're going <laughs> a long way back. And um, thanks, Dr. Adediji, for the opportunity to come speak with us. And, um, you know, my, my heart was very full when Dr. Adediji was speaking, and he, you know, he talked about prevention. Actually, that's um, part of my practice. I'm a public health and preventative medicine physician. So when you talk about prevention, that is where we come. And um, I mean, he has said so many things here that my joy was so full. And when you look about the primary, the secondary, and the tertiary prevention. So I'm more upstream, I'm more at the primary prevention level, which are the things that he spoke about. You know, at that level, we talk about health promotion and enabling people to gain control over what? The determinants of their health. And God wants to be, us to be in control of our health in Jesus' name. Now, um, I'll just start by quoting the scripture, and this is 1 Thessalonians 5.23, and it says, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray, God, your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So God is very much interested in our health. He wants all-round wholeness, spiritual, physical, mental, emotional. And it is possible. Even if you look at 3 John um, chapter 1, verse 2, 
It talks about, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things, not just in your finances, not just in your social circles, but in all things, and be what? In health, even as what? Thy soul prospereth. So our God is just total. He's a total package. So um, I'm not going to waste time. Dr. Adediji has talked about, you know, primary prevention, even secondary for, you know, seeing your physician. I want to let us know that the healthcare system in Canada is strained. This is why preventive medicine is so important. You don't want to go to the emergency department and wait for hours. You need to seek out you know, uh, family physician, you need to do what you can do in terms of physical activity. Um, those of us that have other triggers, like you use your smartphones, your Fitbits, and all that, keep those gadgets, keep them going. Let it be a motivation, let it encourage you, because you don't want to end up in the ED. Sometimes, even in Ontario now, the healthcare system is strained. You might go to the ED, nobody will even respond to you for 12 to 24 hours. So, but this can be prevented following those measures that um, our pastor here, Dr. Adediji, has spoken to. So without much ado, um, the focus of my discussion is what has you know, impacted all of us one way or the other, um, which is COVID. So I'm going to be speaking more about COVID and where things are at with um, COVID-19 and the vaccines. Um, so this is not new. It is not a new topic. It's something that we have all experienced. Um, and as public health physicians, we have seen the impact that this can have, not just on us, on even our kids, how it impacted the restrictions, they're going to school and all that. So we need to be mindful of these things, particularly as we get into the fall. So I'll be talking about COVID-19, putting some um, slides together. So currently, I mean, from, still from a preventative medicine side of things, right? If you look at to the left, we were more to the left side about a year and a half ago, where we had a lot of restrictions. Um, eliminate choice, we restricted people's movement, we were all in lockdown. And we know how that impacted us, even our mental health. Then as time went on, we graduated from the health protection interventions and we moved into health promotion. And this health promotion is like, now we know a bit about COVID. We don't know everything, but we do know a bit. And what we know is that there are certain things that we can do, enable our choice to help us stay healthy and at least um, not get the adverse outcomes associated with COVID. So we are more now on the right side. So if you see, that's why because of the vaccines, because of our knowledge about you know, masking, if we start seeing surging cases, and um, even for our children, we are learning every day better about this. And with the intervention of even vaccines, that has also really helped us, particularly for adverse health outcomes. So next slide, please. So um, you need to understand your risk because that is where we are at now with COVID. It is now health promotion, individual risk. So these are some of the risk factors associated with having an adverse health outcome with COVID. One is if you are elderly. The other is if you are a male, you seem to be more at risk. If you have any one of these pre-existing medical conditions, for example, the diabetes that um, 
you know, pastor here, Dr. Adejiji, has talked about obesity, hypertension, even a history of um, cardiovascular disease, heart failure, ischemic heart disease, even cancers and tumors, all these give places you at higher risk of, you know, being impacted with COVID. So you need to understand what is my risk. If my risk is high, then I need to do certain things to protect myself. Um, cancer is also there. We can move to the next slide. So with all this, we do know that there are what things we can do to enable us to gain what control over our health. So these are a few things. This is what we call the Swiss cheese model. These are things that I encourage you. Stratify yourself. Know your risk. It might not be about you. You might have a child. You know, we stay now, like, in our community, in our African community, right? It's multi-generational. Some of us here have our grandmoms with us, uh, elderly ones from Nigeria, even helping to care for our kids. So it's not about you, but about them. So you need to do these things, not just to protect yourself, but also to pr protect them because they are vulnerable. So these are the things from personal responsibilities to shared responsibilities. Um, you know, staying home if we are sick, particularly if you work with vulnerable population, like um, long-term care facilities or you work in the hospital. It's important because it's not just about you, right? It's about those around your environment. Um, another thing you can do is, you know, even testing. It's important. Once you start developing symptoms like that, you can test yourself. I think the government has and is still distributing rapid antigen test kits. Uh -huh. So I know there were times where you know, we were investigating low-risk settings, but we've moved from investigating low-risk settings to higher-risk settings now. But still, people who are in those low-risk settings can still do things to take care of their health. Um, other things like ventilation outdoors. I know we're in Saskatchewan. Winter is very cold, but you know, be mindful, particularly in the summer, where we can open our windows, doors. Those of us that have ACs can put in. Those things are important because it minimizes the risk of COVID. Um, so we can move to the next slide. And vaccines, also in that slide, you can see vaccines are very useful. Um, I'm speaking all this because we are going into the surge and they are sort of like anticipation. I won't say predictions because, you know, God is God. He knows everything. So there are certain things that we just anticipate. Um, so the mask has been shown to, you know, be effective. Likely, who knows, with winter, with us staying indoors, um, we might see a surge. And if that surge comes again, I think the onus is on us to do that individual risk assessment and see, do I need to put on a mask? It's different from now that we are in summer where there's better ventilation, we can open doors, open windows, you know, it wouldn't affect us. But in the fall, consider some of these measures like putting on a mask. So this is a study from CDC that just shows um, wearing masks lower the odds of testing positive for COVID. For example, just ordinary cloth mask, 56% lower odds. A surgical mask, the one you get in the hospital, lowers your risk by about 66%. Then the N95, which is what we wear in a healthcare setting, those of us in healthcare here, we encourage N95, particularly if you are dealing with a COVID-positive patient. So that reduces the risk by 83%. So the next slide. 
So um, I just wanted to talk about this monthly EPI report. So this is a report that we as medical health officers, we put together for the province and it's available on the website. So if you are curious to know, okay, where is Regina right now? So, or where is, if you stay somewhere else in the Southeast, this report is being done monthly. So it shows the COVID-19 activity for the month. So if you, if you are curious and like, okay, I want to know my individual risk so that I can take better control over the determinants of my health. So what we know as of, well, today is that we are beginning to see an increase COVID activity across Saskatchewan. So we are not yet in the fall, but gradually. Even our long-term care facilities, we are beginning to see an increase in outbreaks because that is one indicator that we look at. Um, we are also noticing that calls to 811 for respiratory disease illness has started to pick up again. So as we get closer to the fall, we need to be mindful. Um, I talked about outbreaks in high-risk settings. is also increasing. One of the other things we are seeing is um, hospital admissions for COVID gradually increasing now as we get towards the end of summer. Right now, I know you guys have heard a lot about variants. So variants, variants, and the rest. Um, so currently, the BA5 and the BA4 are the dominant sub-variants in Saskatchewan. And what we know is that those ones are still highly transmissible. But the good thing is that vaccines provide protection. So um, in terms of the vaccines, we still have just about 45% of the population have received three doses. And you know that third dose is the booster shots. So we still have a long ways to go in having most of our population vaccinated against COVID. Because with this, we can all have what we call community protection. For example, if 95 or 80% of us here have taken our COVID shots plus the vaccines, we are all better protected. Um, so please, we are trying to encourage us to take those um, vaccines because they are vaccine-preventable diseases. So the next one talks about immunization as well. It remains the best protection. So this just goes to show, this slide here um, talks about comparing those who are vaccinated versus those who are unvaccinated. So you can see in terms of hospitalization rates. So if you are unvaccinated, you are two times higher or likely to be hospitalized. Um, so, but that's with even two doses. Um, but with three doses, comparing people who have three doses and those who are unvaccinated. So those without any vaccines at all are three times more likely to be hospitalized if you've not taken any vaccine at all. In terms of being in the ICU, those who haven't had COVID vaccines at all are six times more likely to get into the ICU um, compared to those who are vaccinated. Then if you've had two doses, you are just three times more likely to get into the ICU than someone who is um, vaccinated. Similarly for mortality, which is death, you still have like those who have been unvaccinated at all, they are six times more likely you know, to die of COVID compared to someone who has been vaccinated. And for those who have received just two doses, they are like four times more likely compared to people who have received three doses. Um, so these things are important for us to know because it talks about, you know, the importance of vaccines. So I encourage us, next slide. Um, so right now we do know that vaccines are available 
for every one of us. We need to take a hold of this opportunity. Um, I think I was speaking to somebody back home in Nigeria, and they are still saying that if you are less than 18, you don't even have access to these vaccines in Nigeria. But here in Canada, with our healthcare system, we have access to these vaccines. So it's important we, you know, go for it. So vaccines are available for individuals 18 years and older, and even for people six months to five years of age right now. And um, even for our school-age kids, we do have vaccines available. And right now, um, the Health Canada has approved the bivalent vaccine. So what this means is that this vaccine gives protection for the original strain of COVID and also for this Omicron BA1 variant. So um, I know they are working on vaccines specifically for BA4 and BA5. But please, I will encourage us as a community to go get and seek those vaccines if we haven't done so already. Um, so next slide. Yeah, so this is just the CDC data supporting, you know, vaccinating our very young ones, six months to five years. Uh, yeah, six months to five years. So it's important that we also think about these young ones because they are very vulnerable. And if there are vaccines, which we know is effective, let's go for it for them. Um, next slide. So I know there are people that say, oh, you know what? I have gotten COVID before, I have immunity, and I am fine. But it's true, immunity from previous infection is there, but it lasts only so long. And what we found from studies is that if you've had COVID previously, and you get even the vaccines, your um, immunity is further boosted up. It is way stronger. So the fact that, oh, you know, I've had COVID before, uh, it didn't impact me and all that, but we don't know the trajectory. But if you get the vaccines, you even have a stronger, more robust immunity. Um, so this um, statement is just going to support, you know, taking vaccines and having um, that um, previous infection. So looking forward, as we move into the fall, what are some of our anticipation? You know, God has the final say, but we as Christians, we still need to be wise. We need to be prepared, right? Um, so as fall approaches and we return to spending more time indoors, we expect to see an increase in those cases again. Um, so there are a few factors that could affect it. For example, if we have a new variant, it's possible we are not praying for that, but that is a potential. Um, we know that winning immunity, particularly if it's been six months after you got your last dose or you were infected, you could have a waning immunity. Then we do know beyond COVID, there are other viruses, for example, influenza, different viruses in our environment that are still circulating. So we need to be mindful of all this and, you know, put the package together. Next slide. So usually we, for COVID, we give key messages to our community or our population. So our key messages remain this. Please let us stay up to date with the COVID vaccine and the boosters. We know that they are effective protection, particularly for those severe outcomes. You might get COVID, you might get the infection, but you know, when you ask people who have gotten the vaccines and after they got COVID, they will tell you, oh, it was just mild, it wasn't so serious. Why? The vaccines are what at play. At least you are not ending up in the ICU, you are not ending up in the hospital. So they are doing what they are supposed to do. 
Also, let's think about the rapid test as well as we go into the fall. Also, particularly if you're in those high-risk group, if you've got diabetes, hypertension, and all that, please, please, please consider wearing a mask in public setting. Um, and also, if you know, you're the elderly, you have all those um, comorbidities, like I mentioned, is important. As much as possible, ventilation. We know that as we get into the um, fall and winter, you know, we'll be challenged with that, but know that that is one way to help yourself. Um, also, stay at home. You know, we have access to sick time. Uh -huh. My brother just talked about, you know, um, vacation and all that. There is also access to sick time here. So please use your sick time. Don't say, oh, I must work, work, work. If you do have that and you are sick, please stay at home. Um, I think that's the end of it. And um, I want to thank everyone for your time. Um, and I appreciate this opportunity. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you, Dr. Inebeli. Thank you so much. As a reminder, please, if you have any question for Dr. Hadidiji and Dr. Hinebeli, we still have other, um, um, other people that will join them to ask your questions, okay? So if you want to write it down, write it down and give it to the hoshers and they will pass it to us. And if we know you want to come out and ask your question, that's also fine. Thank you so much. Please feel free to write it down if you don't want to come forward. But after this, I'm going to ask people if you have questions to raise up your hand so the hoshers will give you the microphone. So the first question we have here is, can a teenager have lump in their breast? Is it normal for female teenager breast to be lumpy? Dr. Aditya. Okay, yeah, hallelujah. So it, uh, it's normal, uh, even in children, there can be some painless or painful uh, small lumps. Now, for teenagers, because uh, uh, the breast is developing depending on the age and the stages. We call it the Turner stages. And uh, depending on the um, uh, maturity, what's it called now? Uh, uh, as you mature uh, into uh, the Sorry. Puberty, that's what I'm looking for, thank you. <laughs> you get the age of puberty. So what happened is breast development is in stages. However, um, those lumps, they don't pass for lungs. And uh, if it's becoming abnormal, you think it's hard, firm, and it's persisting, that is a concern to your doctor. The other thing is sometimes you see some breast changes during menstruation due to hormonal changes. It happens in teenagers, youth, even in adults. That would just be a transient thing. But when it persists, please see your doctor. I think I will also quickly answer this question that was asked related to, uh, to the breast. It says, why was breast screening taken out of cancer? Uh, um, Breast screening, self-breast examination, that is self-breast screening is what was discouraged because of um, reasons like misdiagnosis, overdiagnosis, unnecessary intervention, which leads to side effects of those interventions. So if you do not have the risk, if you do not have family history, um, you do not have BRCA1 um, 
genetics, you are discouraged to do annual breast exam. But those that have it, do it. Especially because you don't know, most of us from Africa, we don't know, they will just tell you one auntie has died at home. You, you don't know whether there was breast cancer or this. Please, I recommend, do your breast, uh, self-breast assessment for yourself. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dr. DDG. The next question is COVID-19 I mean COVID related. So I have three questions here. So both of you will <laughs> do us a, a bit of justice. So the first question is, is COVID-19 effective in preventing flu as well for both children and adults? The second question is, what are the side effects for kids who takes the COVID vaccine? Kids between six months and five years. And the last question is, how many booster shots do you recommend for now as a prevention for COVID-19? Because we now have the fourth booster shot slash vaccine. So I will start with Dr. Enabeli. Yeah, um, praise the Lord. Yeah, those are very good questions. And um, maybe I'll just go targeted to the vaccines, right? So um, I think what the last question that is, how many boosters, right, do we take? Because yes, it's consigning. Uh, we're saying after a few months, you take another one. But um, there are two things, right? Um, at the initial start, right, our knowledge, Apart from our Lord and Savior, who has total knowledge, our knowledge is still evolving in our understanding of COVID. In our understanding of COVID in 2020 March is very different from our understanding of COVID in September 2022. So thankfully, we have an effective tool, which is the vaccine. But with everything else that man produces, right? It is not 100% perfect. Scientists, those of us in the healthcare sector, we are still studying, our knowledge is evolving. What we know for now is that there is that decrease or waning immunity. And what research has shown us is that after four months, in fact, we did a little bit of study in my own area, and we even found that after three months, in some people particularly, they lose that immunity that they had, and it goes down. So um, similarly, with COVID, we are now noticing for the general population at about between four to six months, the immunity wanes. And that is why it is very key, and that's what we are trying to pro um, promote in public health, understand your risk. If you have elderly people who are multi-generational in your homes, like some of us do from where we come from, you might think, oh, well, I'm good. I'm young. My immune response is good. But what about our grandma, grandpas that stay with us? What about other co-workers? Or even we might have kids that are immunocompromised. So we need to think beyond us, ourselves, like scripture tells us and encourages us to do. So as of today, we do know about the waning immunity and we are giving these boosters. For me to say I know when the booster thing will end, it's not true. 
I, 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 I won't give you that report. But what I do know is that the immunity wins, and we're encouraging you to boost that immunity to take your booster shot. It's better to be protected than non-protected. It might end up being like the flu, right? Where every year we take our flu shots. Yeah, yeah. yeah thank you. Sorry, I, I will just quickly, that, this question tallies into that so that we can just finish that. It says, would there ever be an end to the vaccination? It seems to be new one every year coming out. That has been answered. Now, the major problem is, you see, viruses are able to change. And uh, because of that, they try, it's just like flu. Most of you may not know, especially those that work in the health uh, industry and you take your flu shot every year. The flu shot you take every year is different from the one you took last year. They have to tweak it to the one that is coming out. So that is why this is happening now. And would COVID vaccine be an annual vaccination at some point? Now, COVID, uh, COVID infection started as pandemic. Now it's becoming endemic. And that was why I told you during the first service that most of us at one point or the other, we end up having COVID infection. It's like living with it. So uh, will uh, the COVID vaccine be an annual vaccination at some point? Most likely it will be something that you have to take because it's not going to go away. If you remember the prophecy of Baba Deboye two, three years ago, he said the virus will go down. It's not going to go away. There will be another one again. They are making noise about chicken pox now. So it's totally not going to go away. Yeah. I think someone also asked if the COVID vaccine protects against flu. Uh, and the answer is that it, it does not, because these are two completely different vaccines. Uh, and the flu vaccine is updated every year as well. And now, as it was presented, uh, there's an updated version of the COVID vaccine, which has both the original um, strain as well as the Omicron. So I would strongly recommend, once that is available in the province, to just go for that as a booster. It's only used for boosting. It's not used as primary in the primary service. Thank you so much, doctors. So I, um, I have a lot of questions here, so I might have to put some questions together if they are in the same line. But I want to give opportunity to those that are in-house also, so we alternate it. And our speakers, our doctors, please can we be brief? With, and like we said, after the service, they will be available downstairs to talk to. Please make use of that opportunity. Thank you. And also those online, please send in your questions. There's one question online about what brand of vitamin D can I take? Any brand any brand. You can check, get cheap one from Costco. I'm not advertising for Costco. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> pay. But you can get a big jar of vitamin D. Just pop it in vitamin D3. I mean, it's... Thank you. All right. Uh, thank you, Dr. Ebenezer and uh, Enebeli for the presentation. Uh, my question is about the vaccine. So, if I'm not mistaken, I think about a month ago, there, it was on the news that President Biden had uh, COVID, and surprise, surprise, there are COVID tablets you can take, which the news said he was taking to treat his COVID. Um, recently, and I understand that COVID has, for some time, it was kind of like political, because the stance on it kind of differed based on your political opinion, right? But this is what I want to say, or this is my question. Um, 
For a while, people made it seem like if you were not pro, every time a vaccine or a new booster comes out, you are trying to kill everyone else. But now we, we know what puts you at risk. We understand more, we have more data, right? Um, so is it, is it a terrible strategy to just live healthy, test yourself regularly? And if you do get sick, you just take the drugs rather than getting boosted every other two seconds. <laughs> and that's very important. Thank you for asking that question. However, I will say COVID-19 is not a political case. It is not political at all. People just try to politicize it. And we know from where it came from, from US, yeah, from their president then. There's nothing political about COVID. I have treated, I have seen patients died of COVID-19 under me. I have seen people with long COVID suffering that we don't even, we didn't know what to do the post-infection until now we are realizing it. So please, COVID-19 is not political. People just try to. Having said that, I would say to stay healthy is good. However, there are other things you can do to make your, to protect yourself because not just because of yourself alone because of other people around you people at home your co-workers that may have cancer you may not know other things so we say get uh, vaccinated or boosted because it also decreases the likelihood of that virus um, changing uh, uh, its form inside of you because people that are not vaccinated that's another thing that has happened recently i mean in this journey that people that are not vaccinated are like the vehicles in which the virus is spread and also uh, mutate that's the word thank you thank you very much another uh, person can, in there can i also had uh, talking about the medication uh, access to that medication you are talking about uh, there are very very strict criteria for it you know that like for example you need to have a confirmed test to be done it needs to be taken within five days and all that and it's really really restricted and it's not for the general public either okay so prevention is better than cure i mean that that is the key <laughs> the medication is expensive you can get it however the problem is this president biden tests almost daily they test him because there is certain number of if you miss that window period you cannot you are not eligible even if you take it it won't work so that is the reason why you don't test before you even know maybe after four days of cough and cold or something so at that time you can't get that medication anymore okay thank you very much can we okay sir All right, I, I will take a stab at it and um, Dr. Dediji would complete. 
So, um, you know, in health, there are recommendations we make at a population health level, at a community level. We make these recommendations. But we are also very cognizant that not everybody fits. So it's like, I don't know if you know this um, Gaussian curve or bell curve, where majority of the people fit you know, between that 95% interval. That is where majority. But there's still, you know, at the tail end, where not everybody fits. So this is where it's important for you to have access to your primary care provider, your family physician, because this is where the individual health assessment becomes important. So that's why I encourage you, go meet your primary care uh, provider look at your risk factors at an individual level. Because when recommendations are made, they are made sometimes at that population level, which not everybody fits into. Yeah, I will quickly add to it that, you see, diabetes now is not just high blood sugar. You need to be aware. It's difficulty in being able to balance your blood sugar. Some people struggle with low and high. You may be at risk of diabetes, especially type one, if you still have problem maintaining your blood sugar in the right, you are, you are in the IPO, please see your family doctor and get screened. That may be the option. And also obesity may not be the problem, but maintaining um, physical, physical activities for weight control. Even if you are not obese, it's important. And healthy diet is also still recommended for you, even if you are not obese. It's not only obese people that get diabetes. Thin people get type one, I mean, it's known they don't have to be big before they get type 1 diabetes. Yeah. All right. Because we're on that, I will just quickly ask this question together so you can deal with it. How do new immigrants choose a family doctor? And how can you help those of us that come here on visiting and does not have access to hospital and want to check their blood pressure and sugar level? Briefly, sir. Okay. So for those that are visiting, if you want to check, most pharmacies, they have that BP machine, there you can. Uh, the other thing is, if you want to do routine health check, you're just visiting, you can use a walk-in, we, we call it walk-in clinic. You pay out of pocket, they will see you. I think it's between 50 and $120 or so. They will see you, you can use that. Secondly, f uh, the first question. Sorry. Register. Okay, family. for family physician, uh, you can go to the um, Saskatchewan Health Authority. They put there the list of doctors accepting new patients. You can look at it and accept one and, and phone the clinic. Now, there is a um, scarcity is of family physicians in Saskatchewan, in Canada-wide. But however, there is one, um, we are working on being able to support our members to have access to care. That's something we've been discussing. We will come out with information to help you, those of you struggling to get family doctors. We are talking to some of our colleagues to please accept our, um, our members, our, uh, our, our members so that they can have family doctors. All right, I will take one, okay. Thank you so much. Praise the Lord. My question might look a little bit funny, but uh, it's true. Actually, it seems that you have answered part of it. In Nigeria, where I came from, they don't believe there's COVID. They thought it was a political something. You know, even in the, within the brethren, 
the high class pastors they decided not to take the the vaccine because they thought uh, it's a it's a scam and they even believe that even taking the vaccine will reduce the your age that you can die anytime that immediately you take the vaccine maybe you have reduced your age of about 50 percent so they don't yes they don't take it and there was a time that there was this uh, this thing in london that people went out and they are protesting that uh, covid or vaccine is a scam i want you to hear from you because i've had a little bit that you want you to confirm covid exists yes or no one two taking vaccine or this it does not it will not reduce the age as i've said you have asked a part of it that's why i say it's going to be a little bit funny the third question that i want to ask is that when you continuously have pains in your back maybe you are experiencing it every time you know where i came from they usually call it jedi jedi short bottom short bottom so I don't know where you usually have this constant pain at the back or, or at this area. And when you even sleep, sometimes maybe you sleep and you sleep on your hand and when you wake up, you see that maybe that hand is not active. You know, we call it Pajak Pajak. So I want you to just put some like, thank Praise. you very much. Praise the Lord. Thank you very much. Um, because we need to move very fast. If you're unable to address your question today, please go downstairs and see um, the medical profession in the house. Now, with regards to the COVID, sir, I will quickly say this to you. Hello, sir. With regards to the COVID and Nigeria, what we do and what I know they do in medical field is there's something we call clinical evidence-based medicine. People every day do researches. People every day get data together. That is one thing that we're very poor when it comes to your country, which happens to be my own country too. <laughs> uh, we have people that do researches, but how much of it? And also it's about believing in what they are doing. COVID is real. If you've seen people been to the hospital, we have testimony in this church if you've seen people being there, seeing them in ICU on ventilators, you will know that COVID is real. They don't need to tell anybody. So please, when you have the opportunity to talk to those people, let them know it's real. We don't have a robust way of recording cause of death in Nigeria. We don't have a um, robust way of reporting a lot of things. So a lot of people that died during this COVID period in Nigeria were not tested. They don't know the cause of death. But one thing I read personally in the news was the coffin makers in Nigeria said there were increased requests in, in people asking for coffin to bury people of different ages, especially elderly people. Because what we know is they are at higher risk of contacting COVID. So it is real. Unfortunately, we don't report it well in Nigeria. Now, your other question, how we leave it for... You can see me after the after service in the basement, please. Thank okay. you. Because of time. Yeah. I'll be there. So one, one more in the house before I go to the papers. Oh, my God. Pastor, help us here. Okay, sir. Thank you.
There's been some research as well that from all the sunscreen that we use, that there are some chemicals in it that they are also very like dangerous that they could impact and cause skin cancer and all that. So how are we going to differentiate, identify, and also to still be safe while we're trying to live the healthy life? Thank you. Thank you so much. I'll make it quick. For the sunscreen, please use the um, the Canada, um, that should be CDI, what's the agent now? FDA approved, thank you. Don't just go online buying from China, from Malaysia, from, that is the problem. Use the FDA approved sunscreen, that will not, not cause cancer. Stress management is, just find what relaxes you. Some people, maybe it is Nollywood. <laughs> Some people, maybe it is uh, exercise, yoga. Um, go online and read about relaxation exercises, relaxation therapies. Just find out what relaxes you, that takes that stress totally away from you, but you need to be intentional about it. It's not just jumping from kids' activities to work to this. You need to find time to relax yourself and sleep. Sleep, sometimes you may be in bed, you may not sleep, but make sure you have your time of sleep Seven hours for children, about ten hours, depending on the age. That helps with um, with uh, with stress management. We can have more conversation after this as well. Thank you. Thank you so much, Doctor Abuaba. Um, so I have a question here about preeclampsia, and I will give it a shot. I know I've been uh, pigeonholed as the mental health person, but um, I think I have other knowledge bases as well. So I'll try this one. Uh, preeclampsia and postpartum preeclampsia, if I'm reading that right. When can a pregnant woman know it's the right time to visit the emergency? That's the first question. So if you're having um, continuous follow-up with your OBGYN or even your GP who's following you during pregnancy, they should be checking your blood pressure. So I'll quickly explain preeclampsia. Um, blood pressure first. Uh, you have your systolic over your diastolic pressure. Right, the systolic usually the higher number it should be around 120, um, and your diastolic should be around 180. Even in pregnancy, they try to maintain that. Uh, they give you some leeway. I mean, given the fact that you are pregnant and your system is just working extra hard, right? Um, but when it starts to creep up into 140, 150, some even like 200 systolic, that's when you really get worried. Um, and becoming things like that can lead to a stroke, you can lose the baby, the mother can die. Seizure is the worst thing when you are uh, from preeclampsia, it's just high blood pressure. When you eventually hit eclampsia, that's when you have uncontrollable seizures. I mean, those people are the ones, hopefully you're in the hospital when that's happening, so they can give you magnesium sulfate. It's still magnesium sulfate, right? Yeah. Um, to, to treat the seizures, uh, but yes, it can lead to death. Very, very serious. Have a blood pressure machine at home. Um, I had to have one and I needed to have a, a book when I was pregnant with my daughter. I needed to have a book that I was recording it in all the time. And if it ever went above 138, my, G, my, my doctor was like immediately come to the ER. I mean, don't even go to the ER, call me and head to the hospital. 
so checking at home yourself, that's the best way to prevent um, such an awful and adverse uh, event from happening. Um, symptoms you can experience, headaches, uh, things like headaches, watch the baby's movement as well if it's decreased for any reason, that can be another sign. Uh, and the second question here, what can be done to prevent it? I think I already answered that, <laughs> okay. Thank you very much. Sorry, uh, we had preeclampsia just doesn't happen in pregnancy. It's common in pregnancy. However, six weeks, even after delivery, if those symptoms are there, it's still preeclampsia. Please take note. So I think the most important thing is once we are pregnant, let's get to see our family doctor and make sure we are taking proper pre um, precautions. I'm going to take three questions together, and this will be for you, Dr. Adedeji. The first one is, how can you treat ulcer in a 70-plus-old adult male? Done several tests that indicate ulcer, how can one maintain this? What food help to prevent the side effect of ulcer? Make it simple and easy. Please see your family doctor. However, few things like um, stress, flare-up ulcer, excessive fasting, spiritual fasting can make ulcer worse. And the other thing is people that abuse things like aspirin, NSAIDs generally, aspirin, Advil, ibuprofen, it can make it worse. Highly spicy food. Niger mama, Afri mama, it must be peppered. Highly spicy food can make it worse. Treatment, talk to your doctor. I can't be explaining how we treat it now, but lifestyles and medication are what we do. You can talk to me in the basement afterwards. Thanks. Thank you very much, Dr. TDG. It's because it's um, art-related questions. So the first question is, what are the causes of low pulse? My pulse is usually low, and sometimes 40, 35, in fact, sometimes 30. This person has done ECG, echo, and also at monitor devices being applied, and still nothing was showing up. That's one. And another person says, sometimes at work, I have dizzy spell, out palpitation, and tiredness. What is the meaning of this? And the third one, after diagnosis of low blood circulation and fatty artery, COVID-related, are there food restriction or preventions? As well, you see, um, for low blood pressure, low pulse, lot of things can cause it. See your doctor or talk to me downstairs. However, it can be heart block. We have first degree, second degree, third degree heart block in which there's a blockage in the rhythm of your heart. So you may need a pacemaker. I don't know what age you are. The other thing, but not common, are those that are highly athletic. They may have sinus bradycardia. What we mean by that, their pulse rate is low, but it's normal. But we've, we see that in people that are very athletic because their body system compensated for it. Otherwise, it, it, it's, it, it's a sign of something is wrong. Um, the other thing I will ask, is that pulse rate regular? If it's going from 30 to 40 to 50, 90, it's not regular, then there may be atrial fibrillation or something. Palpitation, chest pain is a bad sign. Please talk to me, talk to your family doctor, 
something is going is wrong somewhere if you think your family doctor has investigated you they didn't see anything look for second opinion sometimes personally i send my patient if i have done something i didn't see i know something is wrong i send my patient for second opinion also talk to someone else ask for a second opinion thank you praise the lord okay i want to say this before we continue um on Wednesday, we have a pediatrician coming here, and pediatrician is doctors for AM children below 18 years old. If you have any questions related to a child, vaccine related or anything, please and please come forward. Um, please, what are the symptoms of postpartum depression? I'll give that to you, Dr. Ababa. And how can women protect themselves? Okay, finally we're moving and on sorry, from COVID. This is, yeah. Sorry, this is mental health related, sorry. And how do we identify or recognize depression in someone? Okay, very good. Um, so I'll address the postpartum, well, no, actually let me talk about depression itself. So depression is more than just feeling sad, right? Um, we all have spells of feeling sad, feeling blue, or upset about something that's going on in our lives. That's regular sadness is normal. If you if something awful happens in your life and you don't feel sad about it, then you know you probably need to come see me or one of my colleagues. You, you know, it's a it's a normal reaction to uh, adverse events that happen in our lives. You know, somebody dies, you feel sad, things like that. That those are normal because with time they pass. Depression is more chronic. It's it's a chronic chronic sadness that is so deep that people find it difficult to get out of bed. They have no hope for life. Um, they cannot eat. Some eat too much uh, in order to cope. Um, they can't sleep. Some sleep too much. It's, 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 uh, it's kind of like being in a dark room and not finding your way out, not knowing where the door is so that you can find, or not finding the light switch. That's what I can really, that's what my patients usually describe depression as being for them, and it's ongoing. It's not like a regular sadness that you come out of it. Good things happen in life, they're not really able to enjoy it. You know, some of my patients who've had depression, they'll have a grandchild and they're like, eh, you know. So that th those are the things that you notice um, during depression. Now, taking that to postpartum um, depression, that happens, actually it can happen during pregnancy. Um, you could start feeling, and it, it really, I think it's a, it's a response to the hormonal changes and surges that happen in the woman's body. Um, women were complicated to begin with <laughs> when it comes to these hormones, but then you now add pregnancy onto it, it's another level of, <clears throat> excuse me, complication. Um, and so it does affect the brain. I mean, you're, you're, as your body is changing for the woman, their brain is actually physically changing as well, and there's research to back that up. And so, you know, if it's changing physically, you can imagine that hormonal changes are going to affect the brain as well. So those symptoms that I discussed, when you start seeing that in a pregnant woman, um, or right after she's delivered, I think it's two weeks or more after delivery, then you need to be concerned because it can actually lead to psychosis um, where they start having delusions about what's happening around them. Um, they can become suicidal or infant infanticidal. I, that's the word. I can't remember how to say that word. But they can have feelings of wanting to hurt the baby as well. So it's very dangerous, very, very dangerous. And a lot of things can lead to it. I, I already talked about the hormonal change 
changes. Your surroundings as well, women who don't have help in the house. You know, I know we come from Africa, the men just kind of are hands off and, you know, the woman would take care of it all, not here. Like, please, we cannot do that here. You, the woman needs help to look after the baby, look after herself. She needs to sleep, um, you know, have communication with people and not just the baby. So those are the things to look for in terms of when to recognize it and things to help them. And sometimes if it's bad enough, please get them to see a doctor. They will need treatment, sometimes hospitalization. Thank you. you very much. Thank you. So we have to round up. Like I said, if we have any question that we've not addressed, please go downstairs. One thing I want to say is it's never too late for you to start taking your COVID vaccine. Just to address it, whether you are old or you're a child, you can start taking your first dose of vaccine today and God will help us. A round of applause for our pa panel. Thank you so much. And look at all of them. They are members of this church. So just grab them, ask them. Okay, any question? So thank you so much. We hope you were blessed by that teaching. For further inquiries, please visit our website, www.rccgppp.org. You can also check us on Facebook and on YouTube at rccgpppsk, on Instagram and Twitter at rccgppp. If you are within the city of Regina, Canada, you can join us in person at 1771 Bond Street, S4N, 1X7 for a refreshing time in God's presence.